With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Mommy, I hear the baby crying. Help me, are the words she's implying. Where I've been, well, my world has been dying. Lord, teach me how to pray. None my
All right, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. If you need to call in, the call in number is 619-638-8458. If you'd like to check out the website, you can go to www.prayerinternational.org. So you know that song, it's actually called Fly. One of the verses in that song is actually the word of God. It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I think a lot of times in this walk that we pursue, it's real easy to grow weary. It's real easy to get faint-hearted. It's easy to get discouraged. We need to get to a place where we understand the value of waiting on the Lord, the value of waiting in his presence. The Bible says in his presence there's fullness of joy, and that is right hand our pleasures forevermore. It also says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So as we pursue his presence, as we get into a place where we are surrounded by or we encounter his presence, there's a joy that's released. There's a strength that's released. In Romans, we're told that the Holy Spirit quickens our mortal bodies. Listen, what what am I getting to? We need to get to a place where we're so enthralled with the presence of God that it strengthens us, not only our bodies, but our minds and our emotions, our will. But we get to a place where our will, you know, it's easy to get discouraged and fall short in the things of God when your will gives up. That's why we're told, you know, Jesus taught us how to pray in the sixth chapter of Matthew. He said, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. When he was in the garden praying, right before he went to the cross, he said, Lord, not my will be done, but yours be done. Whatever you wish, Father. We've got to get to a place where we really turn our wills over to God. Otherwise, it's it's very trying. It's very testing. The things that we go through this life, if you try to do it in your own strength, if you try to do it with your own sense of accomplishment, if you use your own wisdom at some things, you know, you may fall short. That's why we need God's wisdom. We need his strength. We need his spirit in our lives. How do we get that? By being filled with him. By being surrounded by him. Instead of giving your opinion on things, 
We need to get to a place where we understand what God's opinion is concerning circumstances, concerning people, concerning our daily affairs in life. What is God saying about it? You know, a lot of times we we talk about the subject of prayer here on the show, and we pray, and we have various people call in and share testimonies or whatever happens. But I think we really need to lay some foundation sometimes because, listen, the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, which means there is effective praying and then there's ineffective praying. There are prayers that reach the throne of God, and then there's prayers that do not. And what are the things that keep us what are the things that keep us from reaching that place in the throne? Let's look at what the Word of God says. All right, so Matthew chapter 6. And let's look at verse 5. All right, so it's chapter 6 of verse 5, book of Matthew. And this is Jesus. He says, And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues. What does that sound like? Why do I pause there? What does that sound like? They love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Barely I say to you, they have their reward. What's God saying? He's saying, look, prayer isn't just a big show. Prayer isn't just performance-based. Prayer isn't just performance-based. Many times when we come to church, listen, Jesus did say, look, my house shall be called the house of prayer. And so when we go to church, the the house of God, what they call back then the synagogue, and if you're Jewish, then it's the synagogue. At the time, Jesus, he was a Jewish, obviously, so they went to the synagogue. Listen, when you're going to a, a public meeting place, Yes, there needs to be an element of praying. There needs to be an element of connecting with God. But there needs to be a genuineness about it, not just some spectacle, not just some performance, not just a show. And unfortunately, many of us have grown up in churches or we've become members of churches. We've gone to churches where we get caught up right in the middle of this show that's going on. And it's void of the Spirit of God. It's void of the presence of God. And Jesus says, hey, don't, don't pray that way. Don't be this way. He 
He says they have the reward already, but when you pray, verse 6, enter into your closet. Some verses say enter into the secret place. Enter into a secluded place. Enter into a quiet place. Go to a private place where it's just you and God. Sometimes that's easier said than done because we have such busy schedules and we're inundated with family and people and work and everything else. He says, go into your closet and shut your door and pray to the Father, which is in secret. He says, pray to the Father, pray to the Father. Why Why does he call him Father? Because he wants relationship. He wants it personal. He wants it genuine. You see, you're a son or a daughter of the Most High God. That makes him your father if you're in God's kingdom. If you're a child of God. And there needs to be a paternal, parent-child type, nourishing, nurturing relationship between you and the Father, between you and God. He says, so look, keep it personal. Call him Father. Shut your door so you're not making a big show of it. Keep it between you and God, and and God will reward you openly. It says, and the Father, which sees in secret, this is the end of verse 6, shall reward you openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think they should be heard for their much speaking. Listen, he's saying, look, it's just simply just yield to God. Come to the Father like a child. Don't just sit around and babble over and over and over using vain repetitions. And I'll give you an example. Listen, if you if you have children or if you have a babysat or maybe you have a niece or a nephew, when the children, if they get really keen on something, they get really set on something, they will drive it into the ground. If they want that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, they may come up to you and say, I want that peanut butter jelly sandwich. You want a peanut butter jelly sandwich? Hey, I want a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Hey, can I have a peanut butter jelly sandwich? Please give me that peanut butter jelly sandwich. Sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied just trying to do it. And after a while, you're like, all right already, stop. I've heard enough. And I could just come up to you and say, may I please have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And you heard, and you understood. Just one of them was really void of relationship, void of communication, void of a two-sided conversation. It was just vain repetition. And for the most part, it does more to frustrate than to negotiate. He says, do not use vain repetitions like the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. This is the show part, where we think we have to say all these eloquent words and all these deep 
in-tune God kind of prayers and Lord instead of just talking to God like he's our Heavenly Father. Just being genuine, just being real with God. Verse 8, be not therefore like unto them. He says, do not be like them. Don't act like that. For your heavenly Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. God knows if you want the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, he doesn't say do not ask. He just says don't be ridiculous about it. But your heavenly Father knows what you have need of before you ask him. Verse 9, after this manner, therefore pray. And in some versions it says, and when you pray, say. Now I want everybody to say, when I pray, I will say. See, when you pray, you need to speak. You need to talk to God. Look, he's taking the initiative to invite you to become his child, right? And he desires to be your father. And he wants you to pour your heart's desire, pour your heart out to him. Share your thoughts with him. Whatever you're going through, whatever your struggle is, whatever your situation is, just be vulnerable, be genuine, just Pour it out to the Father. Yes, he knows it already. Yes, he knows what's going on. But you know what? Sometimes he just wants you to talk about it with him. Sometimes you just have to abandon yourself to God. It means just completely just kind of throw yourself out there to God. Vulnerable. You've got to talk to him. He wants you to talk to him. And when you pray, don't try to form some crazy image of God in your mind. Because listen, all your imaginations, everything you can possibly try to drum up about God, it's going to amount to nothing in light of who he really is. I mean, you can have images based on what you've read in the Word that describe God. But just realize he's just your father. He just wants to be a father to you. It doesn't have to be some ethereal, out there, too far out there to touch kind of being. He just wants you to simply yield yourself to him. Well, so verse 9, he says, look, when you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven. He's laying it out there for him again. Look, talk to him like he's your father. Have a relationship. Keep it personal. Our Father, which art in heaven. He says, hallowed be your name. Listen, in heaven, 
means it's bigger than you. It's when you're yielding to, to God, when you're yielding to heaven, you're asking God to send heaven's help, to send heaven's power, to send heaven's answer. Hallowed be thy name. What does that mean to hallow the name of God? What does it mean? It means you're setting apart. Setting him apart. Meditating on him. Worship. Sometimes you just have to worship and praise him. Jesus obviously thought this was important. It was the first part of his prayer. Worshiping, praising, hallowing the name of the Father. He says, look, when you come to the Father, take some time to thank him. Take take some time to adore him. Worship him. An attitude of gratitude will go a long way in God's kingdom. Just being thankful for what he's given you. Being thankful for what he's provided, who he is. What he's done in your life. Verse 10. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, when we first opened up the show, we kind of have a startup song. And it changes from time to time. But right now we've got a song called Teach Me How to Pray. And it kind of goes over part of this chapter, part of this scripture. But basically, he's saying, look, not my will, not my plans, or the way that I want it. He's saying, look, I, I don't want to get in the way. Reveal your heart to me, Father, and do things your way. Allow me to do things your way. Teach me how to pray. We've got to get to a place. See, sometimes we get so caught up in what we want, and then when we don't get what we want, we think God has forsaken us. But really, we need to start finding out what does God want? What has God prepared for us? And that way, going into this, we have a completely different mindset. So, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What is God's kingdom? And he says, on earth as it is in heaven. What does God's kingdom look like? What's happening in heaven? Well, we can go to Revelation and kind of take a peek about what's going on around the throne room. And this is what the Bible says about the throne room of God. What's going on? This is what's going on in heaven. Let's go over to Revelation. 
This will go Revelation 8. All right, so... And I stood, we'll just go over 8, verse 1 through 5. And when he had opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel, verse 3, another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there were given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense, verse 4, the smoke of the incense which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand. The angel took the censer and filled it with fire from off the altar and cast it into the earth. And there were voices and thunderings and lightnings and an earthquake. What am I saying? He says, look, even David said, may my prayer come before you like incense to your nostrils. And there we're getting a picture of what's going on around the throne room. The prayers of the saints are coming up and the angels are gathering. And the incense and the prayers are going up the nostrils of God. And God is responding to those prayers. There's fire being cast back to the earth. There's there's glory being cast back to the earth. There's there's miracles being sent back to the earth. Listen, we've got to get this in, in our spirits. As it is in heaven, let it be in the earth. What else is going on in heaven? What else is going on around the throne room? Because that's what we need to be doing here on earth. Well, it says Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, making intercession for us, for the saints. So we know that Jesus is interceding. He's praying. What does that mean? We need to be praying. There's prayers going up before the the nostrils of God. And there's fire. And cast back down to the earth. The throne of God. And after verse 4, chapter 4, I'm sorry, of Revelation. I read to you chapter 8, part of it. Here, let's, let's just read this one. Let's go chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written, and on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? Chapter 5, verse 3 of Revelation. And no man in heaven, nor in the earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open to read the book, neither to look upon it. One of the elders said unto me, Weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book, and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, 
and of the four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints, full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Verse 9, And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book over the seals, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and nation and people, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. Verse 11, And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne of the beasts of the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea. All that are in them heard, I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him that sitteth on the throne, under the Lamb forever and ever. And I'll just finish with this. This is the last verse 14. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. So what's going on? They're praying. They're worshiping. They're worshiping. They're praying. That's what's going on. They're sitting and surrounding themselves with the presence of God and the prayers of the saints and the worship of angels. The worship of Almighty God. And I don't mean they worshipped angels. I mean angels worshipped God and they listened to the angels worshipping God. And then they worshipped God. God is looking for people to worship him in spirit and in truth. The Bible says the Father seeketh such to worship him. And he's looking for hearts that are fully his. He's looking for those that will go in secret. When no one else is looking, what are you doing in secret? Are you glorifying God? Are you glorifying the Father? Are you seeking God? Is your heart crying, Lord, teach me how to pray? Lord, your face will out to seek. Lord. Let's go back to Matthew 6 again. Sorry. Well, we'll finish up here. It says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we want God's will. We want God's will. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Ask God to accomplish in and through you his will. The Bible says God is in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. Surrender your freedom. Surrender your heart. Surrender your will. Let God do with you what he pleases. When you find out God wants you to be full of mercy and forgiveness, you'll show mercy and forgiveness. When you realize God wants you to be full of love and compassion, you'll walk and show people love and compassion. 
You've got to seek him first for his Holy Spirit to shed the love in your heart to have for others. Shed the joy in your heart or the peace in your heart. And we don't have to just repeat the Lord's Prayer over and over and over. But just begin to meditate on what it's really saying. And it'll produce more fruit than just repeating it over and over. Asking God for daily bread. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. That's God's provision in our lives. He says, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. In verse 12, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Verse 12 is talking about forgiveness, not holding on to grudges, not holding on to bitterness, not keeping people trapped in your heart, but listen, give it to God. If you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. He says, listen, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you also. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. What is he saying? Look, show forgiveness, show mercy, show kindness. If you want mercy, if you want forgiveness, if you want kindness. Verse 13, we'll back up for a minute. I went past this one trying to get to a point. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He's saying, Lord, lead us. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us. David said, lead me in a plain path. Jesus said, the Comforter will lead you and guide you into all truth. And that's part of the promise of prayer is God's guidance. It's not a one-way conversation. It's a two-way conversation. And we'll get into that in the next couple of minutes. So let's, uh, I guess let's pray. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for Matthew 6. It teaches us how to pray. Lord, we thank you, Father, for Revelation 8 and Revelation 4, Lord, that give us a picture of what it's like around your throne room. Revelation chapter 5, 4, 5, and 8, all of them. Just pictures, glimpses into your throne, glimpses into eternity, Lord. We thank you that you're the living God, Father, and you're alive. Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name that you'd lead us by your spirit. Father, we pray for your direction. We pray for your kingdom to come and your will to be done in our lives. Father, we pray for your will to be done in our lives, your plans, your purposes. Father, over every person listening tonight, every man, every woman, every child, every teenager, Lord, every person tonight, Father, we pray, Lord God, give them ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Lead them, Lord, into your will. Father, we pray, Lord God, for every household represented tonight, Lord, for every marriage, Father, for every parent-child relationship, Father. We pray for every ministry of every uh, leader, every minister listening tonight. We pray for their ministries. We pray for any church, Lord God, that just needs your blessing right now. We just speak 
your life. Your life over them. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And Father, right now we just pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, you told us to pray, Lord, for your peace, your protection, your provision over Jerusalem. Father, we pray for the United States of America, Lord, your blessing over our president, that you would lead him by the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to him and draw him to you. We pray that you would raise up godly leaders in this nation, Father. And, Lord, that until then, Father, you would just preserve your people, the church, that you would make the church a praise in the earth, Father. And we thank you, Father God, that you are moving in a mighty way. Lord, we give you praise that your glory will cover the earth as the water covers the sea. And we say tonight, Lord, be all glory and honor and power. In your name, we praise you, Father. We just give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Prayer International Radio. just want to thank you. If you want to check us out, you can look us up, www.prayerinternational.org. And we will be back, actually, Monday night.
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.